Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg podcast. We have a lot of financial facts and stats that impact your bottom line coming up, but I promise you this, we will also have fun along the way. I think that's why we get along so well, Mike. I have a really hard time getting you out of your shell, Kristen. I know. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, you're such an introvert. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know what to do with you. We were somewhere recently and you said, okay, you're going to have to calm down a little bit because the personality of that person over there and you, I don't know. It's a conflict. Yeah. Could be. What are you going to do? The good news is my job is strictly on the radio, on our podcast, and Mike is the fee-only fiduciary financial advisor navigating everything at Talon Wealth with a team of fiduciaries. And if you have questions about your retirement, you're near that point or already there, we will address a lot of topics on today's show that matter to you concerning your 401k, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. We'll talk a little bit about I-bonds, if they're a good idea, and how one report claims target date funds are in a bad place for those about to retire. But if you have questions about those topics or anything else that's very real when you're near or in retirement, connect by visiting guardingyournestegg.com. I'm going to take just a few seconds to be as real as I can be about something personal. Guess what I did this week? What? I rented some goats. (laughs) Oh, to mow your lawn? So my parents' place... Because there's a lot of hand? Down in South Carolina, yeah, overgrown. And then a friend of mine, of all places, saw on TikTok, I'm not on there, she is, and -hmm. said, look at this, this is a local company. And so I went to their website, it's about the same price of, actually a little lower, having the guy come out, cut everything down, haul it off. So the goat rental is happening in a few weeks. I will be there because I want to see the goats get to work. How neat is that? You can rent goats to clear property. So you're a little late to the party. We have clients who do this. My Um, grandfather always had goats for this purpose, by the way. So I do understand, but the renting of it? That's an underutilized resource and it's a growth industry. So as we start looking at investment opportunities moving forward, perhaps this (laughs) goat thing. Well, apparently they'll eat just about anything. Yeah. Um, What's that old joke where, I mean, they'll eat a tin can? Yeah. You've got like litter and everything else. (laughs) So I've got a friend who has goats and uh, he's got some property. and, And one of the things that he likes about them is not only do they sort of clear the property, mm-hmm. he says they'll clear out all the poison ivy. Yes, so they will. Kid, yeah, so his kids are allergic and they're not. And they'll just mow down that poison yep. ivy. It's gone. Yeah, that's, that's part pretty... of the reason they're being hired. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Because <laughs> a friend of mine said, wait, they're going to get poison ivy. I said, no, 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 they like eating it. Their poor little tongues <laughs> are going <laughs> to no get kidding. poison ivy. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's interesting that you're like, you know, maybe this is a lucrative business, blah, blah, blah. You're always thinking that way because as a fee-only fiduciary financial advisor, it is your job, of course, number one, to be a great father to your family. But then right after that is to make sure that you're watching out for anything that impacts the world economically, because how could it impact your clients? In fact, I talked the other week about you being a fiduciary of your son's teeth. I mean, it does not stop with you. You're always paying attention. Yeah, all (laughs) kinds of stuff. And it's no secret that the S&P 500 was down about 20% in the first six months of 2022, marking it as the worst first half performance in over 40 years. Many Americans are concerned about what's to come in the market, inflation, interest rates, and so much more. And on Fox Business, Stuart Varney shared an interesting story about what a well-known old-school economist thinks should happen in order to truly reduce inflation. 
Now, I want to talk to you about an economist, a very well-known economist yeah. from the 1970s, Henry Kaufman. Back then in the 70s, he was known as Dr. Doom. And every Friday afternoon, you'd get these money supply numbers, and Henry Kaufman would make a comment, and the market would go crazy. And he really ran the show in the late 70s. Well, Henry Kaufman is now saying, he's still alive, he's in his late 90s, and he says, the Fed is behind the curve. He says Powell needs to shock the market to, uh, I guess, to get rid of inflation. He's talking like he's got to jack rates up and bring inflation down. First of all, I love Dr. Doom. That's awesome. And <laughs> I was wondering how old he was. So thankfully, Stuart Varney clarified, late 90s. And outside of that, I think he's 100% right. And you're starting to see that there's a lot going on. The administration was more or less bragging that, uh, oh, yeah, well, we had 0% inflation in July. So, hey, gee whiz, we're on the right track. So if you average it in, yeah, we went from 9.1 down to still an average yeah, of sure. 8.5. And I think the most recent thing that has been on a lot of investors' minds, if you're watching whether it's your retirement account at work or whether you're working with a financial advisor, was, yes, I mean, the first six months were bad. I mean, down over 20%, depending on what index you're looking at and depending on your portfolio, maybe even more than that. But then we had this rally and emotions, obviously that's an emotional roller coaster. I'm doing bad, I'm doing bad, I'm doing bad. Oh, wow, I'm doing good, I hope it gets better. And uh, July uh, was, was a great month. And again, it got back and depending on the index and your situation, but maybe half to a little bit more than half of the losses for the first part of the year. And so you go from being very pessimistic and kind of down about your portfolio to being, oh, well, maybe it's over. Well, here's the thing. Markets, just like they don't go straight up, they don't go straight down. And there is such a thing as a bear market rally. And so that's what we were calling for. And you could listen to last week's show and say, listen, we really think it's a bear market rally, meaning as it's going down, you could get a little bump. Now, the reason for that rally, if you have our opinion, and the, a lot of other opinions are the same, was based on the speculation that the Fed, again, because things were slowing down, that the Fed maybe would not raise rates as much as they had initially said they were gonna raise rates. So going back to Stuart Varney and Dr. Doom, things are not slowing down. And, you know, Kristen, I'm kind of a, a practical person and mm -hmm. I just watch things around me. So I'll give everybody an example that they're probably experiencing themselves. So, you know, I go out and I create my own indexes, you know, I'll have mm -hmm. the, the Costco gas line index mm -hmm. or the Sam's Club gas line index. At home, this is how Katie and I basically run things. So during the week, she'll make grocery store visits and doing things. On the weekend, she will not leave the house. And so that's my job. So I'm the one who has to get up and go out and brave the weekend traffic at whatever store it is that we have to go to. And Costco and Sam's on the weekends is, oof, that's a lot. It's a, it's a total nightmare. <laughs> and, and so, and our listeners are going, just go in the early in the morning, go first thing. I agree with you 100%, except that I got these four rugrats, you know, just, <laughs> you know, slowing me down in the morning and I can't. So inevitably I wind up there at noon. So long story short, I get there and I'm out every weekend this past weekend, I could not find a parking spot. And that has not happened a lot. I mean, time, there's so. busy on the weekends at the There's big busy, box stores, but, but this was crazy busy. So go back to, well, are we in a recession or are we not in a recession? Hey, gee whiz, if there isn't a parking spot, aren't lots of people out spending money? So the answer is yes, there are a lot of people out there spending money. Yes, I believe we're in 
recession right now. But yes, inflation is a problem. So go back to why would it be that way? And that's what I was thinking when I was, you know, standing there in the parking lot or trying to find a parking spot and then going into the store and then trying to get back out. I believe it's the gas prices, Mm -hmm. right? So if you think about when gas prices, depending on where you're at, but let's say on average, they're over $5 a gallon, things really seem to slow down. When the administration's taking credit for bringing gas prices down, you know, it was Putin's fault when they were going up, but now it's, you know, they're, they save the day. You know, all of a sudden, whatever. For whatever reason, gas prices have come down. Now people are back out again. So fast forward to inflation and the Fed. It's not a good thing, in my opinion, for the stock market if that many people are out spending money. Because this signal that gives the Fed is, whoa, this economy has not slowed down. We've got a problem. If this many people are out spending money as fast as they're spending money and they're that confident to spend money, you can't even get a parking spot. It puts them in a situation where they're going to have to really dial down. Yeah, they really wanted to get gas prices down, but they've almost shot themselves in the foot because now people are out there spending money and the Fed's, I think, going to come in and just hammer us. I heard somebody last week go, yeah, they're just going to have to put a stake in it Mm. and really dial in. So I think Dr. Doom is right. The market is not going to like it if the Fed comes in and really hits interest rates. I think this latest rally that we had was short-lived. What does this mean for the average investor who's just sitting in a retirement plan or work or maybe working with a financial advisor who says hang in there? I think it gets bad from here on out. Find a way to understand how your portfolio is likely to react moving forward, whether things are good or bad. But there are ways to make money in a bad market, and we can show you how to do it. This is a really interesting take on how to view the future outlook of our economy and and how to prepare. But Mike, I know a lot of people are listening today and having a a sort of paralysis. They're Mm -hmm. afraid to make a move because of the things you're talking about right now and the what ifs to come. What would you say to those people about getting a second opinion now versus later on when they have, I guess, more information Obviously, we talk about second opinions all the time on the radio. We love to sit down and meet with people. We offer complimentary analysis to their portfolio, and we do written financial plans. We do those complimentary as well. I'd say to anybody sitting there with sort of all of this information, they feel paralyzed. They're being told to hang in there. Uh, Maybe you're just hoping things don't get worse. Uh, The problem with hope is it's not a good strategy. If you're not that close to retirement, it probably doesn't make a big difference, Kristen. Market's going to go up. Market's going to go down. You're going to keep making contributions to your retirement plan. You'll sort of dollar cost average in. And long term, it doesn't make a big difference. But for people that are within five years to retirement or currently retired, it's going to make a difference. They, they can't afford to take a big hit right now because it's going to take them too long to catch up. Mm-hmm. And I know from talking to our listeners around the country that most of the firms out there are telling them, hang in there. Don't worry about it. Most of the firms have done nothing this year to combat this volatility in markets. Again, hang in there to me just isn't a strategy. A lot of people are very concerned about protecting their nest egg. That's sort of why the name of the show is Guarding Your Nest Egg. And that's what Mike and the team at Talon Wealth do every day. Well, Mm -hmm. it makes sense. It does make sense. But this next article that Yahoo posted is interesting to me, especially for people that are seeking protection. It was titled, This Asset Has a 9.62% Yield Guaranteed. 
Apparently, they're talking about I-bonds. And with inflation Mm -hmm. over 8%, I imagine this could be an attractive option for those close to or in retirement who seek to add some fixed income to their portfolio. You're the fee-only fiduciary financial advisor. What's the deal? So, yes, I-bonds are guaranteed by the government. I think recently the the rate was somewhere, like you said, I think around 9.62%. So, I mean, wouldn't that be great? Put my money in something guaranteed for 9.62%. Um, it's not an annuity. It's not an annuity. There's a pro. Uh, there is a pro. So you are tied up for a certain period of time. But here's the thing. My biggest issue with the I-bonds is there are companies, lots of them, all you got to do is Google I-bond, and uh, they're using it. It's, it's kind of a bait and switch. So they're huh. using this I-bond as a way to get you to go down that wormhole on the um, on the internet or, or maybe they're advertising it on the radio or something like that but but it's popping up in a lot of different places and they're just trying to get people to the table for a conversation okay and saying I have an investment or there is an investment that is guaranteed by the government and currently paying 9.62 percent and Kristen again if we said that on the radio obviously we would get calls. But here's the thing, if you call me up, I'm going to have to direct you to a government website where then you have to then go and get the I-bond yourself. Oh. But the biggest issue for most people is going to be, it's very limiting. So yeah, it's great, but the most that you can put into it individually per year is $10,000 a year. Hmm. So if I'm sitting on $10,000 and I don't know what to do with it, it might not be bad because I I can get the 9.62% but also it's limited. So that's going to adjust over the term of the bond based on inflation. So it's very high now currently because of inflation. But if the Fed has their way, and I think they will, as the inflation numbers come down, the return on that I-bond will come down as well. So let's just make sure that people realize it's not guaranteed to be that higher rate for the term of the bond. Okay. And you're very limited in the amount that you can put in it. So I don't have any problem putting money in $10,000 per year into these I-bonds, but realize it's probably not going to stay that high for the term of the bond, and it's limited. What I don't like about it is all of the advertising around, hey, find out how to do this, find out how to do that. Yeah, it made and then, me click on there. Yeah, and then so you click on it, and then they try to flip you to, oh, sure, just come in. And it's a lot of marketing. I think it's a little bit misleading because unless you read the fine print, you don't find out how limiting they are. And it's a lot of advisors or firms, frankly, that are trying to sell uh, leads to advisors to try to talk to you about something else. So if you're interested in iBond, just Google it, go to the government website, do it on your own. You don't need a financial advisor for that. But if we're talking about your nest egg and the money that you're going to live off of for the rest of your life, let's have a conversation about all of the options that are available. Because although I think that's a good option for a small portion of your assets, There are other options out there that I think are extremely attractive, particularly if you're looking for whether it's growth or just a a fixed rate of return. Hey, Uh, let's dive into that. I'm going to interrupt you because we've gotten some calls about you discussing something called a structured note. And it it Mm -hmm. sounds like there's some similarities here. I'm sure they're not exactly the same. But it sounds like that could be a good solution for what people are seeking, you know, a little bit of a guarantee and some different options. I get where you're coming from. They're not at all the same. I would never put a structured note in sort of the category of an I-bond because there's no government guarantee with a structured note. But with a structured note, we're, we're not limited 
on the amount that we can put in, like we are on an I-bond. On a structured note, we've seen historically, I mean, we've been able to price out notes that are in that, uh, structured notes that are in that 9 to 10% range okay. uh, over a period of time. Well, fairly recently, we priced out a structured note for clients that uh, it was a, a five-year note. I was paying about 10% per year. That was a distribution that goes to clients. I think if somebody came to me and they said, oh, you have a, an investment, it's a structured note. I haven't heard of that before. It's paying 10% per year. The first thing I would want to know is like, well, what's the catch? You know, I mean, I, I go to the bank and the bank isn't offering me 10% mm -hmm. per year for five years or anything like that. Well, Kristen, here's the thing. I, there are plenty of catches and we would always want to go through the fine print. And I would be the first to say, you know what, that's a note that we priced fairly recently, a little while ago. If somebody were to call me up and say, Mike, I'm interested in finding out more about structured notes. Well, what we would do is have a conversation with you about a structured note, how it works. You know, what is a structured note at its core? Well, at its core, it's a zero coupon bond. How does it work? Well, we find an underlying investment. It could be individual stocks or a stock. It could be an index. Why does it pay as much as it does? Well, because you have a certain amount of protection up to a certain point. If you get beyond that, you can lose money. The reason I can't really get into specifics on structured notes is the amount that a structured note could pay you depends on a lot of different factors. The amount of time you would be in a structured note depends on a lot of different factors. Okay. The amount of risk associated with a structured note depends on a lot of different factors. All of these things would be in a prospectus that we would present to you if you were interested in a structured note. I totally get that. But who listening today could a structured note possibly be a good option for? I personally think structured notes are a great investment option for somebody who's looking for either growth or income, who wants to sort of have a predefined um, outcome under certain conditions, meaning we can define what a payout could be under certain conditions. As long as certain things happen, this would be your payout. If those things don't happen, uh, it might not be your payout. But you see how it starts getting confusing, mm -hmm. you know, when I try to talk about it. No wonder it. we had somebody call. <laughs> That's right. We had somebody call like, what the heck is that? So um, we personally like them a lot. I would say if you're sitting there just worried about volatility and you'd like to try to find something that has some sort of a defined outcome, under conditions. Let's just talk about structured notes. Let's talk about what's available. Let's go price some notes. We can talk about growth or we can talk about income. We can give you all the parameters, meaning um, what the distribution could be, what your protection could be, how it would work. These are all the types of conversations that we need to have in person. And Kristen, I'm not saying this because we're trying to drag people in the office. I'm literally saying it because the regulators don't want us to for good reason to give specifics on current investments without knowing who we're talking to. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of people listening. Maybe it's an appropriate investment for some people. It could maybe not be an appropriate investment for other people. So what we do is say, listen, what I know is most advisors aren't talking to their clients about all of the investment options that are available. You may have never heard of a structured note before, and maybe you're looking for options that provide some sort of a defined outcome. That would be a conversation we should have together. Mike, I saw a piece in a publication called The 401k Specialist that was really interesting. It said that mm. as of mid-August, those nearing retirement have lost more in target date funds than those who will retire decades from now. I thought the whole point of having a target date fund was to help us target when we'll need the money. 
Sounds like this could be an unexpected change of lifestyle, unfortunately, for some soon-to-be retirees. So why would target date funds have done so poorly? Well, you're probably familiar, but just in case you weren't, these are the funds that you can find almost anywhere, but they're mm -hmm. really, really common in a retirement plan at your employer. Right. So it might be a 401k or a 403b or what have you. And it's a really easy way for your employer to provide a low cost, probably isn't the right word, but just a an option that maybe is low cost, maybe isn't low cost, but the misnomer is that there's some form of sort of activity when it comes to management, mm -hmm. meaning a target date fund might be the 2025 fund or the 2030 fund or the 2035. So the idea being that, well, if you're going to retire in 2025, you're probably uh, a bit older, you're probably getting more conservative the closer you get to retirement. And so that fund is designed to have more in fixed investments than equity investments the closer you get to 25, meaning it's just the difference between being in stocks or being in bonds. Mm -hmm. So a 2025 fund is going to have more in bonds than it does in stocks. A 2035 fund, meaning somebody who's retiring in 2035, presumably they're younger, they've got another 12, 13 years of growth before they retire, presumably that's going to have more in stocks than it does in bonds, going to be more aggressive. The problem lies therein, as they say, in that, well, basically it's just stocks and bonds. It doesn't care what the economy looks like. It doesn't care what interest rates are. It doesn't care about inflation. It doesn't care about anything except for that particular target date. So if you had been in a target date this year, what you would find, and regardless of which target date fund you're in, stocks came down this year. It hasn't been a good year, uh, mm -hmm. particularly the first half. And the stocks or equity portion of your target date fund, whether it's a 2025 fund or a 2035 fund, the stocks would be down. But then also, we've had a problem with interest rates, meaning mm -hmm. interest rates have been going up because of the inflation issue. So it's the idea that, well, the Fed is going to have to raise rates to combat inflation. Well, when interest rates go up, bonds come down. So it's really a, a double whammy on these accounts where people were maybe closer to retirement, realizing that the market wasn't doing bad, but looking for some protection from bonds. But now the bonds are down too. So whether you're more aggressive or more conservative in these target date funds, if stocks and bonds are going down at the same time, you're literally just getting pummeled. Take it back to we manage accounts actively. We are a fiduciary financial advisor, so we have a vested interest in our clients doing well. Things like IRAs and Roth accounts, any of these retirement accounts, we can place trades on those accounts and there's no tax ramification for clients. So the writing in my mind was on the wall back in December mm. that 2022 probably wasn't going to be a good year, not necessarily because of politics, just because it's not sustainable. You can't pump that much money into an economy. And if that bill comes due, Kristen, eventually you're mm -hmm. going to have a problem and we're seeing that now. And I want to back that up a little bit by saying that because I work for Talon Wealth, I remember you talking about that and not on the radio necessarily. I, frankly, I don't remember if you did or not, but I remember you saying, hey, I'm going to be a little late today. I've got to make some changes to portfolios. Things don't look like they're going to be doing very well soon. So you actively made adjustments based on what you were seeing back then. Sure, yeah. I mean, we started making adjustments at the end of December, first part of January, assuming that equities, meaning stocks, weren't going to do well. 
-hmm. Again, we could have been wrong and stocks could have done great, but our clients are retired or very close to it. And the the risk reward just wasn't there for us. It didn't make sense to to risk our clients' money mm -hmm. in a market that we just didn't feel was going to do very well. I mean, it's okay, I think, to 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 have risk on the table if the reward is potentially there. And we just didn't feel the reward was potentially there. So then we got very, very conservative. But then as we saw interest rates going up because inflation was going up, we then wanted to get away from sort of traditional conservative accounts, which mm -hmm. are usually bond accounts, realizing that those would do poorly. Again, that's a sort of a brief description of what active management looks like that people aren't getting in things like target date funds. The target date fund doesn't care. It just it's committed to a particular date. And the closer you get to that date, the more conservative you're going to be. But Kristen, we could expand this to firms that just use hang in their strategies. I mean, there are literally so many firms out there that are billing clients fees. We, we talk to people every day. They'll call in and say, Mike, I was listening to you and Kristen on the radio. My advisor doesn't actively manage my portfolio or my company doesn't actively manage my portfolio. They just tell me to hang in there. They tell me things like, there's this old chart we talk about at Kristen, sort of jokingly, but it's not funny. These firms pull out a 30-year chart on the S&P. And our listeners know what we're talking about if they've ever heard this. The old go-to for firms that tell you to hang in there is, well, hey, we didn't pull you out of the market because you can't afford to miss the 10 highs over the past 30 years, because if you had missed those highs by getting out of the market, your average rate of return would be this much lower than hanging in there. So they're kind of creating this FOMO mentality with people, a fear of missing out. Yeah, it's a fear of missing out on the gains, because if you missed out on the highs, then your average return is going to be lower. Mm -hmm. That's a true statement, okay, and that's why they use it. But what they never show anyone is, well, what if you missed out on the 10 lows over the same mm. period of time? Well, of course, your average rate of return would be much higher. The reality is there's no perfect recipe for managing money. Nobody has a crystal ball. But what I do know is if we can sort of flatten the volatility through active management, you might miss some of the highs. But if you also miss some of the lows or if you miss the majority of the highs and miss the majority of the lows, you wind up with a higher average rate of return and less volatility. That's what I have found in 20 plus years of doing this. Most of our clients are looking for it. They're worried about growth. They're worried about inflation. They're worried about income and living off of their money for the rest of their life. Finding a way to help them navigate markets. It doesn't mean you miss all the lows and you miss all the highs. It just means smoothing it out, getting a more predictable rate of return. And if we can show them a higher rate of return than they're doing on their own, net of any fee we're charging them, we're providing value. If we can also do it with less risk, we're providing value. If we're not providing value, Kristen, our clients, frankly, are just going to fire us and go somewhere yep. else. And so I, I'm proud of the growth we've had. I'm proud of our business. I like what we've done, not just because it feels good, but because it means we're providing value. If we weren't providing value, we wouldn't have grown the business the way we have. There's an old school expression that keeps coming to mind for me that's so true, though, at Talon Wealth. Again, I'm not a financial advisor. I just know radio and enjoy talking to Mike and learning about these things like you do. But actions speak louder than words. And that is what a fee-only fiduciary financial advisor and a team of fiduciaries 
that we have at Talon Wealth are here to do for you. This is this is, this is this is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy.